Thank you, Pete. Well, please make sure you've got your outline in front of you there. It's uh, got the, the two outlines for the talks for this series. What we do halfway through our year is we get a bit of an update on vision together as a church family. We call it Halftime Sunday, or in this case, Halftime Sundays. Two uh, halftime services that get us to pause at halftime and say, how are we going as a church family uh, in uh, doing what God has told us to do? And so today, talk number two, and uh, you can see that in your outline just there. Now, uh, you have to pick one. I need a showing of hands, please. You're making a choice. Uh, a ch your choice must be made. You cannot abstain from this vote at all. You must vote. Everyone must vote. Uh, hands up, please, if uh, you've got to tell you the options. You've got the choice of Ed Sheeran or Taylor Swift. All right. Uh, put your hands up, please, for the Tay-Tay. All right, only a few. Ed Sheeran? Everybody else, pretty much. Okay. All right, very good. Now you go away, go away. That's my talking to me. Uh, I'm, I'm with you, I'm with you. Ed Sheeran is, is the way to go, I reckon, in that. And uh, we were lucky enough earlier in the year, uh, Jarrah and Kel and I, to go to that particular concert. It was great, thanks to Ellie getting the tickets for us with 15 computers in the church office on a Monday morning. It was great fun. <laughs> um, Ella got me the tickets, but we got them and we were down near the front. It was fantastic. Uh, and uh, we enjoyed our time there. But one thing about that particular concert that was a, a bit unusual was the fact that Ed Sheeran performed in the round. His stage was right in the middle of the stadium and everybody else was around him. Everything was focused on him. And it was pretty amazing. He had or, like a conveyor belt around the edge of the stage that he could just stand on and it would automatically take him around or then he could jump off the conveyor belt and get about wherever he wanted to as well. But it reminded me of what we were talking about last week in our service. If you weren't here, let me bring you up to speed. Last week we talked about this. Life is busy and it feels like you're just spinning plates in life. It feels like, we use the analogy, of the spinning plates of life making life so busy that you're doing none of life well. Every part of life is shallow and it should be more than that but it's not. And what God wants for us is depth, not a shallowness that just sees us living life like the picture behind me. See, oftentimes we think of ourselves, don't we, as being in that uh, middle picture of life there. And we've got all of these different responsibilities, work and family and friendships and education and Jesus and our church family and our sports and recreation. And if we're lucky, they all get even time. But let's face it, they don't all get even time because we're too busy spinning those plates and our backs turned on one thing while the other thing needs the attention. And we said, this is not the way that God wants us to live. He doesn't want us to live like this with ourselves in the middle and these things on the outside. He wants us to live for a different purpose, for maturity in Jesus. This is what it truly means to live life in the round with Jesus, like the Ed Sheeran picture in the middle of your life story and everything else revolving around him. The reason we find life so unsatisfying is we live by the green picture and not by the purple picture or the pink picture, whatever colour that is. We live in the wrong story. We live in spinning plates. We live in a busy life and we think that's going to make life better for us, but it doesn't. And so when we reorient our life with maturity in Jesus as the goal, with maturity in Jesus as the centrepiece, 
then we'll find we're no longer chasing our tail. We might do all the same sorts of things that the people around us do, but we value something more than those people in the world. We value maturity with Jesus as the most important thing. And we described this last week as depth in maturity. We don't want to just have a relationship with Jesus that's superficial. We don't want to have a relationship with Jesus that is just like all of the other activities of life. We're doing them okay, sort of. No, we want depth. Depth in maturity with Jesus. And we look together particularly at Colossians chapter 1, verse 28. Him we proclaim. We proclaim Jesus so that depth might come and maturity might come for all people. But this week we want to talk about this. See, depth is not an end in itself. We don't find ourselves becoming deeper in our relationship with Jesus, changing the orientation of our life so that Jesus is in the centre and affecting all other areas of life for an end in itself. The depth that we have is to be used for others, for other people, to present everyone mature in Christ, as Colossians chapter 1 verse 28 says. And so last week, as you can see in your outline, the topic of the talk was depth in maturity. Today I want to talk about this, depth for maturity, for the maturity of others, for people. So make sure you've got your outline there in front of you. Jot a few things down if you want. And uh, as always, at the end of our talk today, uh, we uh, will ask for some questions. Slido.com, the hashtag is HBSP to ask a question or two. I'm going to pray and we're going to have a look together at Hebrews chapter 3 and a couple of other passages as well. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, be with us as we look at your word today. We ask please for the, your wisdom uh, to be speaking through me so that we might uh, grow in depth with the Lord Jesus, and that we might use that depth for the good of others. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, many of you know that uh, to stay healthy, you've got to match your inputs and your outputs, don't you? Sort of that idea. Most of these cans have got this on the back of them. Here's this spaghetti one. This will tell me that it's got 657 kilojoules in that. That is just a meal waiting to be had right there. That's 99% uh, fat-free, but it's got lots of energy in it. You can have that. And it's 657 kilojoules. But what you put into your body, you've got to also use the energy to be used. Now, it's pretty easy, isn't it? Energy in, energy out. I'm sure there's a nutritionist that wants to tell me that's not quite the whole story. But go with me on this analogy. Too much in and not enough output. Well, you're going to put weight on, aren't you? That's the story of our life. That's how life works. And in the Christian life, it's much the same. If we are getting deeper in our relationship with Jesus and then we do not use that depth for the good of others, then we become what's known as a flabby Christian. Can I use those words? A flabby Christian. We're theologically flabby because we take in all this input and it's not going where it's supposed to. It's supposed to be used so that others might mature in Christ. This was what Jesus was talking about in the Great Commission. He was talking about people. He said, go and make disciples of all nations. And he spoke about two particular groups. Look on the screen. It's a well-known passage. We talk about it all the time here, but it's important for us to get, our, to get uh, the hang of it. Here's what it says. Jesus says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. 
And then he says there's two groups of people that you're going to make disciples of. Two groups. There's the non-Christian, the person that doesn't know Jesus, and you're going to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You're going to help them to know Jesus for the first time. And then there's a second group of people, those who are already Christians. You're going to teach them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age, Jesus says. And so the the input that we get is the depth from the word of God that Matt spoke about at the beginning of our service. The depth that that can so easily become a drought in our life so that our heart is parched. That our heart is not being renewed daily by the word of God. But when it is being renewed by the word of God and we are growing in our faith, that depth is to be used for other people, either the non-Christian or the Christian. But here's the problem. The problem is we're all living lives in a culture around us that says the way to live a fulfilled life is to stand in the middle of your life and spin as many plates as you can in busyness. Busyness is what makes you important in 2023. How are you today? I'm really busy. How often do you hear that in a week gone by? But you see, if we're really busy and we're just spinning the plates of life and we're just getting by and none of those things are being done with any depth that are in our circle of life as we live life in the round, then it will be impossible for us to establish any depth of relationship in order to help either the non-Christian or the Christian mature in Christ. And understand me right, this is not a, a church problem, this is a community problem, isn't it? Over recent times, our Australian government has commissioned various studies on loneliness in Australia. And according to the study, one third of Australians would consider themselves to have had a moment of loneliness in the previous seven days to the time of being asked. Interestingly, the highest proportion of people who would claim that they are lonely are in the 18 to 24 year old age group. Arguably, that age group has never been more connected than they are today. But they're lonely. And this same study shows us that it's a health risk for us to be lonely. In fact, loneliness has a greater or equal effect, according to these studies, to the problem of obesity. You're better off being obese than you are being lonely. And there is a direct connection between loneliness and mental health, loneliness and emotional distress... Loneliness and earlier onset of dementia, loneliness and premature death. And I don't know if you know, but in the United Kingdom and Japan, they have ministers in their government for loneliness. The minister for loneliness in their governments. We are a world, we are a culture that is busier than ever. We're spinning the plates of life more than ever. And we're lonelier than ever before. And we're living more shallow lives than ever before. Our relationships are unfulfilling. And yet God asks us not to just go to church, not just to evangelise, but to invest in people. Invest in people for their maturity in Christ. Colossians chapter 1, that we may present everyone mature in Christ. See, for God's people, the church, to create a scenario where we can mature people in Christ is very difficult in a shallow, lonely, busy 
plate-spinning worlds. What we need is depth. And what we find so hard is depth because our culture is running in the opposite direction. Prefers shallow to deep. And so you see on your outline, our depth is to be used for others. And I want to think about this together under two headings. For Christians, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you, Jesus says. And for non-Christians, baptising them in the name of of Jesus. So let's think about each one of these in turns. What does it mean for us to use our depth for other Christians? Well, first of all, I think it means that we need to have real relationships. You know those differences between relationships that you have in your life? You've got the relationship with the barista or the doctor or the specialist or the, the teacher in the classroom. And they're all good relationships, but they're functional relationships. There's a function to them. But the people of God must not act that way. As we spend time with other Christians, we must have real relationships, personal relationships, caring relationships, concerning relationships, not not acquaintances, but, but connections, friendships, relationships. Because we all have a mutual need. And this is an, a mutual skill that we must all learn together. To have real relationships. Now, I always say the mission trip have done a great job over recent times. Because as I've said in this church here before, one of the worst things you can do is go on a bus trip with other Christians. Have you ever tried to do that? I don't mean because they're bad company. I mean because you'll never get off the bus. Because what do Christians do? No, after you please. No, after you please. No, after you please. And we all think we're being so humble. No one ever gets off the bus. I'm surprised the mission team are even here. How did they not get off the bus? That's what we do, don't we? And sometimes as Christians, what we do is we, 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 we mistake humility for inaction. We think we've got to be really humble, but that makes us not take action. And so what people often say is, I'm in a church and I've got no friends. Or nobody is kind to me. Or nobody talks to me. And what we're doing is we're thinking that we've got to be humble, but, but we're excusing inaction. See, the investment of real relationships that we must have with one another starts not with other people coming to me, but me coming to other people. We can't wait for others to to come to me and say, I I need people to come and talk to me. No, no, we must risk our own selves and invest and open up our time for other people and open up our conversations for, for other people and open up our service of other people and open up our ability to share with one one another. And to gather with one another. This is the 57 one another statements of the New Testament that show us how we are to interact with each other. And it's us that must take the responsibility of going from one to the other in order to invest in them. It's interesting, isn't it? I was on a train just this week heading into the city on Wednesday. Trains are a funny place. Don't make eye contact and don't talk to anyone else. Just put your earphones in and don't talk to them. And that's what it's like. And if you do talk to them, you talk to them for the minimum amount of time possible and then you get up the stairs out of the platform and away from that person. And sometimes our Christian gatherings can be like sitting in a train where you're sitting next to the people around you today and you might have a five-minute conversation afterwards, but it's not a real relationship. But we must aim for depth. Not having Sundays like a train, but going for real relationships. Not functional ones, but real ones. Secondly, we should go for deeper relationships. Only a very few of us 
can go in a relationship with another person from zero of depth to a hundred of depth in no period of time. The first conversation. In fact, if you're in a conversation like that, do you ever find yourself thinking, this is really weird. I met this person for the first time. Now they're sharing all of their deepest secrets with me in one minute. It's actually a little bit weird. To go deeper in deeper relationships actually takes time. But what does that deeper relationship look like? Well, Galatians chapter 6 helps to fill it out a little bit more for us. There are many other passages we could look at, but look at this one. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. We need relationships like this of depth in our church family to bear one another's burdens. What does this mean? Well, it means we must know the burdens one of another and that we must take time to engage in those burdens together. And this is an us thing. This is not a professional minister's thing, although we will do our part in making sure this happens. But all of us must bear one another's burdens to seek the depth in relationships so that we would know the burdens of one another and then to carry the burdens of one another when we need to. And let's face it, we all have them, don't we? From time to time. We all have those ups and downs in life, those burdens where we need those deeper relationships of brothers and sisters who can carry our burdens with us. And so we need real relationships and deeper relationships, but perhaps most of all, we need faith-building relationships. As the, the loneliness epidemic shows us, we want friends... And we have lots of them on social media, perhaps, but we're still lonely. But this is where Christian friendships can fill the gap. You and I, as Christians here this morning, if you're a follower of Jesus, you have an agenda. I have an agenda. Every Christian ought to have an agenda to present everyone mature in Christ Jesus. To proclaim Jesus to one another that we might grow in maturity. And we're all a work in progress, aren't we? We're all a work in progress. But we all have work to do in our, in our spiritual health. There are many health metrics that you've got in your life. Whether the physical metrics of the, the skin fold test. I'm not doing that anytime soon. But you could do the skin fold test and see if you're physically healthy or or, or mentally healthy or emotionally healthy. And there are professionals that we go to for all of these sorts of things. But you know what? For our spiritual health, God hasn't set up some sort of professional in order to fix our spiritual health. God has given us the church for our spiritual health. He has given us our spiritual health, uh, given us the church for our spiritual health so that we might not walk alone and we might not be like the, the, the train travelling Christian. Hebrews chapter 3, as Pete has just read for us, reminds us of this. Look at what it says there in verse 12 once again. Take care, brothers, that lest there be any of you with an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall <coughs> away from the living God. See what verse 12 says? Verse 12 says that for all of us, that's a danger. Have you ever been in danger of falling away from the living God? Have you ever been in danger of listening too much to yourself and not enough to the Lord God? Have you ever been in danger from letting your heart become cracked and dry like the middle of the desert instead of being refreshed by the word of God? 
Well, if you're like me, and verse 12 speaks to you, then look at what verse 13 says. Exhort one another every day, as long as it's called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. When your heart is tending to walk away from the Lord, what you need is not less people, but more people. You need more of the church of God. You need more real relationships, deep relationships, faith-building relationships so that you don't go backwards in your faith. You need a spiritual health check, not from a professional, but from a brother or sister in Christ. That's your agenda this morning. I want to give you that agenda. I want to call it what it is. I want to speak out that agenda into the church family this morning and say, when you go out, you have an agenda to help others grow in their relationship with Christ, exhorting one another so that they may not be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Fueled by God's word, we go out to speak maturity into the lives of others. And so I want to ask you today, who are you building in Christ today? What is your agenda? What conversations will you bring that are life-giving to other people today? Not what will you receive, but what will you bring to others? Who will you bring the word of God to? Who will you proclaim Jesus to so that they might be mature in Christ? As we mentioned, this really is a lost art. Not, not in, the, in the church, but in the community at large. We're not good at making friends and having faith-building relationships. And as you see on the back of your outline, this is actually one of the goals that we set for the whole year, right at the beginning of the year. That we wanted to train our church family in making friends together. So uh, you'll hear in the next few weeks some plans to run a few seminars to help us to grow in this. But in the meantime, will you commit to this, co this cause? That we might exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today. There are plenty of reasons not to. I haven't got any time. The plates are spinning in life, or I don't have enough energy to do it. Or I've tried it in the past and someone hurt me, so I'm not going to do it anymore. Or there are too many weirdos in the church anyway, I just like to sit, listen and go away again. Or I don't agree with everything in the church, so I won't invest in the people of the church. And all of these are not great reasons. We must invest in each other for the maturity of one another. But what about non-Christians? What about non-Christians? I don't need to tell you, I'm sure you would agree, that the, one of the major reasons that the church around the world exists is for evangelism, to declare the name of Jesus, to help people turn to repentance and faith. And we love it when we see people come to know Jesus for the first time. It's a wonderful thing. And this is what Jesus spoke about in the Great Commission, baptising in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And we said at the beginning of the year in our kickoff Sunday that the National Church Life Survey, when we did that survey, the majority of us agreed that evangelism, sharing Jesus with people, is incredibly important. We said yes and amen to that. But only 12% of us in the 12 months before that survey had actually invited anyone to come and hear about Jesus. So why is there such a, a disconnect between these things? Well, I think, again, under this heading, there are three reasons, three challenges for us. Number one, there's the challenge of depth. 
As we've already said, many of us are struggling to have any relationships in life with any great depth to them. And so it becomes very hard, doesn't it, to share Jesus, such an important part of our life, the central portion of our life, when we have no depth in the relationships in our community. But we must engage with depth because Christ's love compels us. Jesus came to show love to the world and he did it, healing and caring for people and providing food for people. And we want to do all of those things as well. But most of all, Jesus came to give his life as a ransom for many. And we don't give our life as a ransom for many, but we give our life in service of the world around us that they might know Jesus. But in order to share Jesus, we need to embrace depth in the lives of our relationships with the people around us. And we will go for depth with the people in our community because we love them. Because we love the fact that they are made in the image of God. But we don't love the fact that they are facing an eternity without God and without his blessings in hell. And so we go for depth in relationship with people. Secondly, uh, the reason we don't necessarily share Jesus is we've reached the end of the line with our present relationships. Our evangelism could be ineffective because uh, all of the group that we've been friends with for however many years, we've asked them to come to things 745 times and we've sort of got to the end of our list with those sorts of people. So we find that they're limited relationships. And so if this is the case, what should we do? Well, maybe this is the time to step out in faith and make a new relationship, a new friendship, a new connection. Again, because people need Jesus. And it's hard, isn't it? A town like Helensburg is a, t- is a hard town for us to share the gospel. There are no high schools here. So once your kids become of a high school age, you can easily live all of your life outside of this area and not here. Likewise, it's a place where most of the people that, here, uh, that are here will not work in the town, that they'll have to go outside, sometimes to the city or other places, to work. And so not many of our relationships are in this part of the world. But I want to remind you from Acts chapter 17 that God has placed us here for this purpose. Look at what it says in Acts 17. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way towards him and find him. Yet he is not actually far from each one of us. I want to encourage you. God placed you in this period of time, in this place of the world, in this time of history, to share the message of Jesus with others in this place. And so who will you develop new relationships with or or new friendships or or new connections that might be scary because it's safe in our old networks, but, but if we've got to the end of the line with our present relationships, then out of love for others, we should start again with some new friendships, connecting to new people. Thirdly, the challenge is that we lack confidence with answering other people's questions about Jesus. We don't know all the answers, so we're afraid of, of, uh, of stepping up when it comes to talking about Jesus. But at the end of the day, who does know all the answers? Not me, not you, not anyone. Only God himself knows all of the answers. God is our authority. 
so we need to be resilient enough to say, I'm not sure of the answer to your question, but I'm going to get back to you. And many of us in our day and age where we look at social media and even we look at the wider media, we're scared and worried about the angry question that might come across us. The angry comment that comes across us at work about sex or gender or what the Christians think about all of this. But I want to encourage you in two ways. If you're engaged in the depth of relationships with people, it's highly likely you won't get such an angry comment after all because they appreciate you. So if we have shallow relationships, we're more likely to get angry comments. But even if we do get angry comments, we need to know that our courage is in God. That will overcome our fear like so many of the people of the Bible have done before us. See, together, we want to be a people who use our depth for the good of others, for relationships. And this is what God has made us for. Not just to take in the information about God, but to use it in service of others. For their depth in maturity in Christ. See, it's interesting, isn't it? Previous generations, and we would often critique previous generations, for seeing the church as a building, you know, with the steeple and the stained glass windows, and the church was the building. And we had to say, no, that's wrong. The church is the people. And so it is. But in today's lonely, isolated world, we've changed it now, so that now, now no longer is church viewed as the building, but church is viewed as the service. We better make that one hour between 10 and 11 so good because that's the way God is going to reach the world. But that's wrong too. That's just our isolated, individualistic lives telling us a lie. The truth is, it's people reaching people, people maturing people, people seeking depth in others. Look at what Christopher Ashe says in his fantastic book, Remaking a Broken World. Christians can get the idea that the Christian life is about big events and celebrity speakers and find themselves picky spectators, more interested in evaluating the church experiences on offer than the hard graft of building deep relationships together, shaped by the Word of God. Church has always been about people, people serving other people, people serving other people for depth in maturity. Brothers and sisters, I don't want you to live life spinning plates around and just making ends meet. I want you to know that you were saved for a deep relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want you to go for depth in maturity with him, which puts him at the centre, influencing and affecting all other areas of your life. And I want you to remember that the depth you share in Jesus is to be used in relationship for others, for the Christian, teaching them to obey all that Jesus has commanded, and for the non-Christian, baptising them, making them known about Jesus for the first time. Because the church family is not a building or a show. It's not about structures, but people, so that we might grow in depth and use that depth for the good of others that God has placed in our lives. Well, you might like to ask a question or two. Now's the time to do that. We're going to pause just to ask a question or two on Slido, and then uh, we're going to uh, sing our next song together. So uh, why don't you spend a couple of minutes reflecting, maybe writing something down on that order of service that you've got there, and then we'll come back.